Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Do you know if you're getting enough magnesium? Because four out of five Americans aren't. And that's a big problem because magnesium is involved in more than 300 biochemical reactions in your body. Today, I want to talk to you about the most common signs to look for that could indicate you're magnesium deficient. Listen carefully to the end because there's a special offer happening and this could be exactly what you need. Okay, here we go. Are you irritable or anxious? Do you struggle with insomnia? Do you experience muscle cramps or twitches? Do you have high blood pressure? Are you sometimes constipated? There are dozens of symptoms of magnesium deficiency. So these are just a few of the most common ones. Now here's what most people don't know. Taking just any magnesium supplement won't solve your problem because most supplements use the cheapest kinds that your body can't use or absorb. That's why I exclusively recommend Magnesium Breakthrough. It's the only full-spectrum magnesium supplement with seven unique forms of magnesium that your body can actually use and absorb. All Bioptimizer supplements are best in class. If for some reason you feel differently, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. They are so confident that they offer 365-day money-back guarantee. Just go to www.bioptimizers.com forward slash radically loved. Use the promo code radically loved 10. You can get gifts with your purchase. You can get two travel size bottles of magnesium breakthrough. Act fast. This is a limited time offer. Go to bioptimizers.com forward slash radically loved and use the promo code radically loved 10. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Radically Loved Podcast. This is Tessa. I have a very special guest joining me today. We have Michelle Brock on the show, who is a New York City-based spiritual development life coach who specializes in past life regression. Her work has been featured on Inside Amy Schumer, and her clients include celebrities, CEOs, writers, artists, and academics. And, oh... I just have to be fully transparent here, y'all that are listening. Michelle and I, this is round two for our recording. We had an epic conversation the first time around, and we were just kind of cracking up this morning because we both were like, ooh, I better wake up early this morning. And um, and so here we are again, recording another epic conversation for you. And I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you again, Michelle. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me back on, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Likewise, such a blessing. And you're just like about ready to go. Your book just launched out into the world. You're about ready to go down to Miami and have a book signing. And I mean, this is like exciting. I'm having the best week. Yeah. My book came out on Tuesday. 
Um, I'm going to do an event in Miami at Books and Books in Coral Gables. And it's just this feels like this launch, um, you know, like after giving birth, you celebrate. So um, here's my book, baby. So Who beautiful. do you think you are? I love it. Um, and, you know, it's just exciting to have it out there and start to hear back from people what they think about it and hear the conversations that hopefully um, start people start having about past lives um, based on kind of some of my ideas in the book. So thank mm -hmm. you for letting me on to talk about it. Oh, my gosh. It's our pleasure. And that I just have to say that bookstore in Miami is one of Rosie and my favorite bookstores. And yeah. when her book came out, You Are Radically Loved, she and I went on a little field trip there. And oh, it's such a beautiful... Have you, You've been there before, right? I have been there before, but never as an author. So this is going to be oh, exciting. Yeah. I'm so jealous. I want to yeah. come with you. Come. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hopping on a plane right now. Yep. So, Um, so the book, yeah, it's in the subtitle is an interactive journey, an interactive journey through your past lives and into your best future. Thank you. Yeah. You're so, welcome. and I want to call yeah. out because number one, truly it is an interactive journey and I've had the honor of uh, having an advanced copy and having to be able to work through it. And, um, yeah, I've been using it like a journal kind of, or like journal prompts and thinking about how to make that connection with this idea of having past lives. And I wanted to kind of define that because we are talking about reincarnation, right? Yes, we are talking about reincarnation. We're talking about the idea, the concept that before we were born in this life, that we lived before in other bodies, other forms, and that after death, there's a part of us that does survive death and reincarnates and has other physical experiences. Uh, some people call that the soul, the spirit, you know, it doesn't really matter what you call it, higher self, authentic self. Um, but that's the premise behind the work that I do and that you can recall your past life experiences because they exist only unconsciously in your mind. Mm, yeah, such a, ugh, okay. So, and then how does this relate to intuition? I was thinking about this this morning, you know, when I was describing, ugh, I have this feeling that I need to be ready to go. Um, and is there any sort of like little tells we can start to pay attention to in our lives if we want to make that connection with past lives? Ooh, how does I love that. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people have kind of myths and misconceptions about intuition or like psychic abilities, right? All human beings are intuitive or psychic, right? And, you know, I think some people like talk about people are born with a gift, you know, um, intuition and psychic abilities is something you can develop. You know, some people are kind of born with maybe more of it, right? Like athletes are better at sports or people who are born naturally gifted at music, but they still have to practice hone a skill over time. So, you know, you had this kind of just knowing that you needed to wake up this morning, early this morning, which is so funny. We were talking, I did too. Um, you know, I think that these are really common experiences and we don't speak about them in this culture as openly and practically as possibly we should. And I think a lot of people have intuitive senses of who they were before in their past lives. So being in the same way that you kind of just knew you needed to get up, a lot of people 
tell me that, you know, the first time they traveled somewhere, they walked around as if they'd been there before, or you smell something cooking that comes from another culture that you're not familiar with. And it's, you know, resonates something, you know, memory and smell are very connected as well. So, you know, I think that people that have dreams, dreams are intuitive psychic experiences, right? So our past lives kind of lie in that realm of, you know, some people are better or can more easily access their past life memories. But those of us who it doesn't come as easily can practice. And that's kind of what I designed the book around is to inspire people to look at uncovering their past lives as a as a practice and as a lifelong kind of goal, because there's always more to know. And over time, to get to know your past life personas and be familiar with them so that you can better know yourself and then decide who you want to become in the future based on where you've been in the past. Did that answer that question? <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. And so my follow-up is like, okay, let's use dreams as a means to beginning the practice of um, tapping your past life regressions. Mm -hmm. What do we pay attention to? How do we start to invite that in? Yeah, you know, I talk about this in the book that a lot of times people don't understand that you can actually invite dreams, right? You can kind of prime your unconscious. And that's what I designed all of the journaling prompts and there's uh, creative exercises designed to kind of open your unconscious mind to start thinking about past lives. When you, you know, go to a museum to, to kind of think and muse like, oh, I wonder if I feel connected to any of these objects, right? So your unconscious mind is your teacher, right? It'll show you things that are important. And I think all of us can recall having that dream that kind of hit you over the head that you can't ignore, but oftentimes it is more subtle. So it's be about becoming friends with your unconscious mind, your inner self, your higher self, and then learning to navigate that and discover more about your past lives and about your potential and kind of, you know, the lessons that you incarnated right now to learn to help you navigate this life. You know, my book is really kind of about your present and also your future. It's not about getting stuck in the past or being obsessed with the past. It's about using your past lives as a tool to navigate your life today and to have a more fulfilling and, uh, you know, better future. Um, the one that you decide, the one that you're creating. Yeah, that's such a helpful reminder. I think so often we can get kind of caught up in um what does it mean i think it's around the realm of like the fear of what if what if i remember something i don't want to ex re-experience what if it's too much for me how do we embrace that fear kind of get over the hump in order to start to experience our life right now and look forward to the future yeah and i think that's a really really common fear a lot of people are worried you know because obviously you can't have a past life if you didn't die. We're talking about death, right? We're talking about trauma. We're talking about, um, you know, you don't have to be a historian to know that, you know, people have, you know, experienced terrible things, but also joyful things as well. So the way that it works by allowing your unconscious mind to guide you to the past lives you know, through the exercises that I give people and also through, you know, meditation practice, is that your unconscious mind is your greatest teacher. It's also your protector. So that's why I don't like people to really focus so much on specific time periods 
or if something isn't coming to you very easily to really kind of force it, let it come. It's, it's an unfolding process because if something comes to you from a past life in that natural open way, it means you're a person who's ready to handle it, right? But it's also not reliving it. It's remembering it, which is a lot different. And a lot of people feel some sense of relief. There's an unloading and an unburdening of your past by just recalling it. So it might feel emotional. You know, it's not necessarily the past life itself that's impacting your life today. It's the way that past life made you feel. It's the emotional content that we bring with us from our past lives and that is informing us in our present life today right? So we want to bring that emotional content up in order to release it and be free from it. Because if it stays in your unconscious, it's going to continue to rule your thoughts and your behavior, but you won't know, you know, the story connected to it. You won't know the source. So the past life work gives you a chance to assign a story to whatever is happening unconsciously in your mind. So it no longer just runs the show. Then you're actively and consciously participating in your uh, healing and your present and again, the future. Mm, Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my follow-up question to that is then, um, how do you know your, how can you be certain you're having a past life regression? And I say this from the perspective of feeling like that, that intuitive tinglies, you know, and definitely recurring dreams and feeling like I've had I don't know if it would be a past life regression, but I've had like experiences where I'll wake up for a dream. I'm kind of in that lucid in between state of wake and sleep. And I'll feel like this happened to me when my grandpa died. So I'll, I'll share this story really quickly. I was in high school. Um, and my grandpa was, um, he was in, he was in hospice. He had lung cancer. Um, and we knew he was pretty close to the end. So this night, that he died. He passed away. I didn't know it yet, but I was dreaming and I woke up and I saw this like shadow, this figure in my room, or maybe it was in my hallway. And to me, it felt really scary. It was like, what is that? This, there's this, like a spirit here. And, um, I, I just remember feeling like, I want to say there was some sort of reassurance there after I woke up mm-hmm. and I felt that initial fear, there was some sort of like reassurance. It's okay. Um, and then fast forward to, so that was high school. That was my senior year of high school. And then I went off to college and I was in my college dorm room and I had these big, uh, windows that opened floor to ceiling and they didn't have any screens on them. So I would leave my, I was, I I went to college in a really beautiful picturesque place. So (laughs) I got to look at the mountains, there was birds singing and stuff. So I had my windows open all the time. And one day a bird flew into the window. And I'm not kidding. It sat on my hand. Mm. This is like for real. It like a snow white moment or something, like a right? snow white <laughs> moment. And to me, I thought of my grandpa. I'm not sure mm. why. It was just like my grandpa popped into my head. And we just kind of sat there and the bird like looked at me and I looked at it. And it was, I don't know how long it was. It's probably only a couple of seconds. It felt like forever. And then it just kind of flew off. <laughs> wow. So I think of um, experiences like that. Yeah that I don't really know how to define as as what it is, what it means. And maybe that's the mystery, right? But I think the question that I'm trying to get to is like, how do we know we're having a past life regression? How can we be sure that that's a memory? 
Okay. Uh, first of all, beautiful experiences. I believe that a lot of us have these experiences that are like little breadcrumbs, right? That lead us to new levels of understanding or new levels of awareness, almost like a wait, an awakening. Like I, I know that that term is often overused in kind of spiritual circles, but you know, I think that it's an unfolding process, a lot like a flower unfolding, right? So in high school, you had that experience and you look back on it and it's like, now with your current understanding, you're looking back on it in a different way, right? In the same way, we can look back at our past lives and kind of go, oh, that was a younger version of me who didn't know so much. Back to your question, though, it's been my experience that the difference between something that's fantasy or projection or something you saw in a movie or read in a book and an actual past life memory is that the past life memory usually has a very specific emotional quality to it, right? Mm -hmm. And it is often difficult to trust, like how you were saying that that bird came on your finger and your grandfather popped into your head. There's always room for doubt, right, with that, right? And again, I don't think we talk about these type of experiences as openly in this culture as we should. I'm hoping to try to change that. And you obviously are, too, with this podcast, you know, that these are human experiences and following your intuition is an individual process, right? And I talk a lot in the book about belief versus truth. You know, it's one thing to kind of have faith in something or read something and kind of like, oh, well, that feels true. But if you have an experience, right, of it, then that can become your own truth, right? Mm -hmm. And you can be like, well, my grandfather came and visited me in the form of a bird, right? That's your truth. And what might be true for you might not be true for someone else. Um, I think that's important to kind of remember. But, you know, when you do hit on something that comes from a past life, most people feel a very, very strong resonance with it that is usually emotional in nature and hard to ignore. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's helpful. Well, so I wanted to hear about your, per is it okay if you share your origin story? How did you yeah. come to this work? I mean, I know it was related to an experience you had. Yeah, it was. Um, so I actually, I, I was going through this period of my life where I think I just hit a wall, right? Like I, I was going through the motions of life. Um, I lost my mother when I was two. She died from cancer. And, you know, I had a lot of loss and, and grief in my life. And, you know, my grandmother had just died, who was my mother's mother. So it felt like losing my mother all over again. I was in a marriage that really wasn't serving either of us. I had two kids that were both in diapers. <laughs> And I just thought, you know, I, I literally had one of those kind of crisis moments, like dark moment of the soul. I was fine. My health was fine. You know, I was, you know, living in a nice house, all of these things, but it, it felt like kind of an existential crisis, right? I think a lot of people can relate to. And at the time, my sister had just given birth to my youngest nephew, and she had this experience after giving birth that was kind of a mini stroke and like a pocket of fluid traveled up her spinal column and into her brain. And she had a, a tiny little aneurysm and she's fine now. And the baby was fine. But during that episode, she started speaking a language that neither of us could understand. Right. 
And they're obviously trying to save her life. But one of the doctors was like, you know, it kind of sounded like, you know, maybe an ancient language, like we couldn't recognize it. And, but yet it had an emotional quality to it. Again, with the emotional stuff, it wasn't gibberish. It was like, she was trying to say something. And so they gave her in the hospital, this book recommendation. They're like, well, there was a guy who used to work in this hospital who wrote a book called Many Lives, Many Masters, Dr. Brian Weiss. Um, and if, if I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard of this book, it's been around for a really long time, but it was basically a story about a patient he had in therapy. He's an MD psychiatrist in that hospital who was regressing back to past life memories and became healed and became happy and intuitive. And, you know, my sister gave me that book. I read it in one sitting. There was something about it that just lit me up. I was like, this is the most compelling thing I've ever read in my entire life. And then I went and I looked, I was like, you know, I want to talk to this woman who had this experience. Turns out he doesn't even use her real name. And it was obviously therapy. So it was a, a private, you know, experience. But I found out that he was lecturing somewhere near where I was living. So I went and of course, there's all these people. He's a very well-known author at this point. This is like almost 20 years ago. And he said, I can only get one person to come up from the audience and volunteer to do this. And even though we were doing group exercises, very similar to what I, I introduced in the book. So I was having images and things kind of come up, but he called me up on stage and in front of hundreds of people, I had this experience that completely changed my life and shattered my view of who I thought I was. So in my past life, I was a man, which is really interesting because I strongly identify with being a cisgender female in this life. So that immediately was like, wait a second, what, what, what is going on? And there were a lot of elements about that past life story that related to my life now. Um, it's kind of a long story and it's actually in one of um, Brian's other books called Miracles Happen. Um, I also mm -hmm. highly recommend that. But um, basically at the end of it, it was like years of therapy in just a few moments where I figured out all these different elements about, you know, my, my mother's death, the way my father dealt with losing my mother, being a parent myself and raising children, my marriage and the state of my marriage at the time. Um, we got divorced after that. And we had this really, really beautiful, like, you know, kitchen table divorce where we were just like, this isn't working. Let's let each other go. You know, all of this beauty, beauty and, and realization about what life was, what it means, um, and how to create the future moving forward, you know? And so I learned um, how to do the technique uh, a few months later. You know, I went home and the past lives just started pouring out. I had past life dreams. I had um, different kind of things come to me. I had several experiences where I went places I knew I had been before and I could kind of describe, you know, locations or things or smell things that I could identify. I was in a, um, a Ayurvedic store one time. And I described a spice that I'd never smelled before. My friend was like, how do you know what that is? Like, right. Because she was from India and she, everybody, she's like, everyone in India knows what that is. I've never been to India in this life, but I was able to recognize that. So again, following the breadcrumbs, 
you know, I kind of started to piece together different things about my past lives and different elements of who I was. And so that became the basis of my coaching practice. I've really done this work myself. You know, I've walked the walk and I used past lives to transform kind of not only the way that I see myself, but the way I choose to live my life and how I want to create the future moving forward. And so I wrote this book to kind of help be a guide to help others have this equally um, life-changing experience themselves, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's for, yes, I can attest to that. Okay. Um, and I, the, another uh, theme you pull on in the book is fate versus destiny. And you, you clearly define the difference between those two. Mm. And I'd love it if you could explain that here. Yeah. I think that a lot of people think that the future, you know, is just something that happens that, that we can't control it. Right. And that idea of fate or I met somebody because it was fated or, you know, right. Um, obviously there are things that do happen that are out of our control, you know, natural disasters. We can't control, uh, the, you know, actions of others or governments, right. Institutions that we might be a part of. But what I introduce in the book is that there's always an element of choice, right? So sometimes things happen to you and that you always have a choice, even how you respond to it, right? And that's more of the idea of destiny, that destiny is something that we're actively creating. We're creating the future with our own choices each minute of every day. And so looking at our past lives as how we got to where we are right now helps us look at where we are, figure out what we want to change about the future and then actively move forward to the future that we want to create. And that's true both personally and collectively as a society. Mm. Oh, I love this. So it's so helpful. I often have this kind of debate with my friend about fate versus destiny. So when I read that, mm. I was like, yes. And I want to um, just address, we talked a little bit about how to use it. I think I said it in the beginning where um, I've been using it as you know, kind of like a journal and helpful meditation prompts. But what else would you say uh, to the person who's picking up the book about how you intended it to be used? Yeah, you know, I really intended it to be for anyone who's curious, right? I wanted it to be an entry, you know, for people who've never heard of this, or if you've been doing this work for years and years, to give you new ideas to kind of add to your practice, right? I really wanted it to kind of open people up to the idea that it is a constant practice to become better friends with your unconscious mind and really just start to look at not only yourself, but others and the events that happen to you in your life, your circumstances, including your parents. Um, I introduced the idea that we choose our parents. Um, and because I have teenage children, that uh, is something I remind them of all the time. Um, <laughs> But I believe that we choose our bodies, our circumstances, where we're born, and we choose that process in order to maximize our ability to learn and grow. And so when you start to look at everything through that past life lens, right, that like, oh, maybe I like this food because I was there in a past life. Um, one of my favorite exercises in the book is 
that I, I invite people to design the idea where, you know, you go on a vacation and you meet with your friends afterwards. And, you know, I'm a lot older than probably a lot of people um, listening to, but back in the day, we used to do these like slideshows where we would show people like our photos from the trip, you know, um, or a photo album from the trip or a video montage. And so you've just come back from one of your past lives and you're telling your friends, like, this was my experience in Italy. You know, was it like, oh, is that last summer? No, in the 1500s. Right. And so then that became that once you start to acknowledge that your past lives exist and that you start to remember details of your past lives, they can become part of your usable memory experience, your memory bank, right? And they can also become, you know, wisdom that you've already worked hard to earn that you can access and use to better navigate your life today. Mm. So what are your thoughts on then um, multiple reincarnations and what's the purpose behind that? If, if like the, is there a goal to you know, reach your highest good or uh, complete some sort of soul's purpose? Is there an end to that soul journey when we've evolved? Mm, okay, great question. It, it's kind of two pronged. I'm going to start with the second part first. Uh, the idea that there's an end. I really don't know, right? I know that some kind of uh, religious traditions talk about being liberated from the reincarnational cycle. And it's true. I mean, right? Like when we're on the other side, when we're in spirit form, that's home, that's bliss where we're all connected and we're born in a body. It's like, oh, back here again, got to learn, got to go through painful experiences and experience separateness, which, you know, is an illusion, all of that. Um, I don't really know though, if there's an end to that cycle. I don't think that earth is the only place that we can reincarnate as well. Um, I think that there are other realms and other places and infinite amount of possibilities, right? So because I'm such a student of nature, I look at the continual cycles of nature as never ending. And because we're a part of nature, to me, reincarnation kind of fits in that, that there, if it's a circle, where does it ever end, right? There's probably no end. There's just ways that it can evolve and change. The first part of your question Super interesting. Uh, I have had people recall past lives that they've lived kind of simultaneously, where they're kind of having one past life on one part of the world and one past life in the other part of the world. Um, you know, I think that what that is, is their soul deciding to split in order to maximize their potential for growth and opportunity. So, you know, I... I don't think it's common. Um, most people do recall kind of past lives that are in some linear um, time frame, like there was this one in the 1800s and this one in the 1700s. But because we don't, we, we're starting to learn things about the nature of time itself, that time actually doesn't exist. You know, so that's kind of adding another wrench to it too. Like, are you, are they simultaneous past lives or or are all of our lifetimes happening simultaneously? Mathematically, that's actually what they say is happening. But as our human brains actually experience time as linear. So most people will recall past lives in the past rather than in the present. So um, I, I don't know if that answered that question, but to me, anytime anybody tells me anything about 
the realm of possibility, I'm always like, why not? Right? Like we're, there's so much more we can learn about our existence. Um, you know, and I think that that process is probably infinite, right? Are we ever done learning? Are we ever done growing or evolving? More than likely not. Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. Well, so why do you think we forget? And, you know, I'm not the expert. I haven't really studied this to the depth that you have, obviously, but I, it seems to me like children are so much closer. Young ones Mm. are so much closer to that realm, that experience of, you know, possibility. And then it seems like we go through this transition as we get older where we forget, or maybe we become jaded or maybe both. I think that I think it's, I think there's an unlearning, right? And, and it's interesting. A lot of young children talk about past lives too. And I remember when I first got into this work, my children were both toddlers. And, you know, one time I remember when my daughter was about three, I went and asked her, I was like, do you remember before when you used to be big? And her answer blew me away. I did not expect it from her at all. You know, it was some like really dark story. And I was like, what did you get that from? You know, and my daughter's kind of a deep thinker, you know, you know, but I I was like, wow. And then my son used to talk about um, things related to past lives too. One time when he was about that age, about four, he came into the kitchen and he was like, so I used to have a different mom. And her hair was dark and I can't remember what her name was, but I really miss her. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, buddy. I was like, you know, maybe that was your mom in a past life. And he was like, oh, okay. He was feeling guilty about having feelings about another mother that wasn't me, (laughs) you know? And I think that that is really common. I think that like, again, in our culture, we don't talk about these things as openly, I think as we should, right? So maybe the challenge is in the forgetting, right? And I think that that's the conditioning too, right? In our culture, we start to go to school around like four or five, you know, we clam up about things like we don't talk about this anymore, kind of goes away. That happened to me. I was actually very intuitive child. I had a lot of really interesting kind of mediumistic experiences I saw, you know, my mother after she passed, she used to come to visit me. And the way that she looked to me was um, like in that movie, Pinocchio, the old school one, the blue fairy who has the, that's what she looked like to me. So I actually wanted to be the blue fairy for Halloween when I was three, which was the first year after she passed. And to Mm -hmm. me, that was like my, but she was my, she was my spirit guide and she could kind of come to me. And it kind of went away when I started going to school. I don't know if it ever really went away, but it just stopped being open to it. And then in my late 20s, early 30s, it came back, you know, with a little bit of a vengeance, although I had some experiences before what you were talking about, about your experience in high school. And then again, when you were a little older, I think that that's common. And perhaps that remembering process is a lesson in of itself, right? Maybe that's part of the challenge of this earth school is that we're supposed to forget in order to remember who we actually are, which is a soul, not a body on a journey over many lifetimes here to learn lessons about love and all of those things. And I think that that is the challenge and why we're here. And some of us are able to remember it more easily, right? Um, And maybe certain people choose more challenging lifetimes or lifetimes where they're more cut off from their intuition or don't live in a culture that celebrates, you know, such things. Um, 
I think we have to have a variety of experiences in order to get the full, you know, amount of lessons that are available to us on this earth realm, this yeah. earth school. So, yeah. Well, what are your thoughts then on um, the idea of being a new soul or, you know, uh, people say, oh, she's <laughs> a, an old soul, young soul, you know, in, in terms of like, um, is it possible to have this be your, like right now, could I, this be my first incarnation as a soul? Okay. I love this question. I don't like the term old soul because I don't believe that age guarantees wisdom, right? You can be old and ignorant. <laughs> Many people are, um, you know, I like to use the term evolved soul because it implies that, you know, we're here, not just spinning our wheels, we're doing work. Right. And I think most people can kind of recognize the qualities of an evolved soul. They're more gentle, kind, loving, compassionate, giving all of those things. But as far as, you know, and I hear people tell me this too, they're like, well, I'm brand new. I'm a star seed. I'm like, if it's 2024 and you're brand new to earth, you in the wrong place, I think. Right. I mean, <laughs> I think that if life is a school, things are challenging today, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe they're from another realm or another, great, welcome, right? I, I don't know. But like, I think for most of us, we're, you know, here to get our PhD in how to love each other right now with kind of what's going on, you know, all, all over the globe and the amount of divisiveness that we continue to experience while at the same time, having all of this connection through technology and watching something on YouTube that happened to someone on the other side of the world and we're able to feel connected to it. So there's more opportunities for growth and learning and finding that connectivity um, and common humanity, which is a big theme of the book, right? Like that if you're a soul, not a body, so is everyone else, right? So why would you think like to hate someone for the way they look or, or judge them for their life circumstances or the color of their skin, right? That the, the true identity is the one that lies kind of within. So, you know, if you are a new soul, like I said, I'm open to any possibility. I have yet to meet one. <laughs> um, you know, come forward, make yourselves known. But, you know, um, the way that I look at it is that there's a lot of, um, a lot that is challenging us today. And that most of us have been here a few times before in order to participate in what's happening on the planet and the, the consciousness that we're being asked to kind of step into, right? The future that we're being asked to create that features more equality, more acceptance, more love, all of those things. Um, and that requires some, some maturities on a, on a soul level, I think. Mm, yeah, that's such a helpful reminder. Thank you, Michelle. It's such a blessing and a pleasure to spend time with you. And I love having your great work in my hands and in my home. And I, I can't wait to share it with everyone. Um, Thank you. Congrats again on your book. Who do you Thank think you, you are? Yes. An interactive journey through your past <laughs> lives and into your best future. Um, I hope you have so much fun in Miami this weekend. Thank oh. you. Thank yeah. you so much. And thank you for having me on and for all of your really insightful, thoughtful questions and for letting me talk about 
my life's work, which I'm clearly passionate about. Thank you for sharing the passion. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. One last logistical question. Where do you like to connect with people most on the socials? Oh, sure. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm past life, Michelle. I'm also on TikTok, um, past life, Michelle, and you can find, uh, a lot of stuff about events and webinars I do and different meditations I have on my website, which is Michelle with two L's dash Brock, B-R-O-C-K.com. Um, and I hope, you know, everybody shares their experiences with their book and uh, their share past lives. So we can start having conversations about, you know, who, who you were in a past life. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to hear how people are experiencing the book. So. Oh, so cool. Thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com. <laughs>